keeping God's promises, obedience. And he went out not knowing whether he went. God sent him on a journey. He didn't know where he was going. That takes faith. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. Or he, he acted like he was just here for a time, not for the rest of his existence. He knew he was just a foreigner in a strange land. He was looking to be an heir of the promise. Verse 10 says, He looked for a city which foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He knew that this earth was not all that there is. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. That's a nice way of saying she was too old. You never want to say that to a woman, and obviously the writer of Hebrews understood that. He said, we'll just say she was past age. That sounds better. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged the Lord faithful. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in the multitude. It wasn't so nice about Abraham's age. It said he was as good as dead. <laughs> didn't say he was past age. It said Abraham was as good as dead. But from this woman who was past age and this man who was as good as dead, now there are as many stars of the sky in multitude and as many as the sand of the seashore. Innumerable. This account gives us a picture of a lofty faith. Hebrews 11 uses the paintbrush of grace to paint a picture of Abraham and Sarah. And I'm thankful that the final portrait of our lives like this here is painted with a paintbrush of grace. Because just like Abraham and Sarah, we've had many, many mistakes in our lives. As we'll read about shortly, Abraham and Sarah did not have a perfect faith in what we would think of because they made many mistakes. But God paints the picture with a paintbrush of a grace that says in the end that they believed him and it was counted unto them for righteousness and they were able to conceive the promise through faith. Abraham understood obedience was important. That God brings direction to our lives and we have to learn to go that direction he sends. And it's not just one time, but many times throughout our life, the Lord will direct our course in a different direction. In fact, every day I have to reroute my course through something called repentance. Because I get off track. I get off that path. The Bible calls it in one place a highway of holiness. And I veer to the right or to the left and I have to get back on track. The Lord in his love gives me direction to get back on track. Abraham knew the value of following God's direction. Today, as we hear this story, no doubt we're going to feel some correction about our direction. It's called conviction. And as Brother Chad Williams put it so Eloquently and so rightly, it's a push up. It's not a push down. 
God does not correct us to hurt us. He corrects us to help us. In the, the, this whole past week, I have been in a state of repentance. Having many times in the past several days in that conference, God say, you need to change. You need to change. You need to change. And I'm glad that he does that for us. Because it gives us a authority in his spirit unlike anything else. Authority in God doesn't come as we just proclaim things, but it comes as we obey and proclaim things. As we proclaim his will and his kingdom. So today I don't have as much time as I would like to qualify everything I say, so you're just going to have to trust. If I say some things pretty straight and pretty bold, you're going to have to trust the heart behind it. Because ultimately, even though some things come across contrary to our understanding, they are to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. But before anyone could receive Jesus, there was one who prepared the way named John, who was not easy to receive. His appearance, probably his smell, his way of talking, they were all abrasive, but it was all to prepare the path. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And repentance paves the way for the King of Kings to enter our hearts. If we want to walk in the promises in the favor of God, we have to embrace Isaac and put Ishmael in exile. We have to embrace Isaac and exile Ishmael. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, if you want to turn there or read up on the screen. Again, Abraham's promise began with a call to change locations, to change lifestyles, to change direction. Not just a little bit, but completely. Genesis 12 and 1 says, Now the Lord has said unto Abram, If you feel like it, It doesn't say that, does it? If you agree with me, if you think it's a good idea, it says, get thee out. There's no option there. Get thee out of thy country. Because Abraham had a free will, he didn't have to do it. But if the blessing was going to happen, he needed to do it. Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, into a land I will show thee. Forsake everything you think is right and everything you think is comfortable and I'll show you where to go. And I'll make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. Now this part we like. (laughs) I will bless thee. I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. We like that part. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Awesome. Right? That's what we all want. So we have to respond to the call of God to change direction in our lives. When we're in a place we shouldn't be, no matter how comfortable, no matter how familiar, if God says get up and go, if we want to be blessed, we have to get up and go. Matthew 16, 24 dispels the idea that we should have Jesus follow us everywhere. 
That we'll serve Jesus if he fits our idea of what's right and wrong. That we'll tell Jesus everything to do and he'll respond to us. But Matthew 16, 24 says, Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And you only have to follow me as your pastor as I follow Christ. If I'm not following Christ, don't follow me. But if I'm following Christ, follow me and follow him. So Abraham left his old life behind and he started walking with the Lord. And the Bible tells us he was 75 years old. 75 years is a long time to live comfortably how you are and be familiar with everything and have someone come and tell you to get up and do something totally different. Sometimes it's hard to change our lives because we've been doing it for so long. But just because we've been doing it for that long doesn't mean it's God's will for our whole life. And as we fast forward to Genesis 16, Abraham still not having received the promise of a son. How are you going to be the father and how are you going to be a great nation without a son? Now here's Abraham, Genesis 16, 11 years since the promise, still no son. Abraham was getting impatient with God's promise, and so was Sarah. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, 16.1. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. For whatever reason, I can't have a child, she said. So something is wrong with God's plan, and we need to help him out. God promised something, but he, he's got, he must need our help. So this is my solution. It's about as good as ours when we try to do God's bidding. Pray thee, go in unto my maid. Anybody think that's a bad idea? It may be that I obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. He listened. That was his first mistake. That was not smart. Okay? If your wife asks you if another lady is beautiful, don't be so stupid as to agree. Okay? Just because she said it doesn't mean she wants agreement. So Sarai and Abram helped God out, and they had a child together by this bondwoman, by this woman who was a slave. Things born out of slavery are never good. In Genesis 17, 13 years later, Abram now is 99. It's been 24 years since he was promised to be a father of many nations. The Lord revisits Abraham and promises he'll make him a father of many nations. Genesis 17 and 15. God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her, 
and give thee a son also of her. Not by Hagar, but by her. The plan I had originally. God wasn't going to make a plan and circumvent the family he created. She shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and he laughed. And said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear a child? Here we are, Lord. She's ninety. I'm ninety-nine. At this time she was 89. He's saying, shall she bear when she turns 90 a year later? Shall I bear when I'm a year older at 100? And laughed at the proposal of God. Because it didn't make sense to my carnal thinking. And how many times do we forfeit the promises of God because they don't make sense to us? They're beyond our limitations. Lord, I I knew that I could have a child with my wife when she was still able to bear a child. But now that she is past age, it's no longer possible. What are you talking about? They laughed, not in disdain or disrespect, but in unbelief. And a chapter later, we find that Sarah, too, laughed in unbelief when she heard she was going to bear a child. We have to stop laughing at the promises of God. We have to start believing no matter what. Amen? We have to stop viewing His promises in our carnal mindset. That means our understanding. Oh, somebody can't be healed because that doesn't make sense. Only hospitals can heal people. Or we limit the miracles. God, sure, you can heal a headache, but don't give me someone with a broken bone that you have to put back together. But nothing is too hard for our God. Nothing is too hard for our God. Amen. We have to believe Him. We have to trust Him. I believe God wants to send us amazing Revival. God wants to give our church incredible influence in this city, but we have to possess the promise. We have to possess the promise. There's a place called Orchards Hardware that's over by Highway 217, and I haven't never shared this publicly, but I'm believing one day that building will be ours. You can drive by there, you can look at it. And the carnal mind says, well, I don't know. It might not have the right code. It might not be in, in the zone for a church. It's too much money. That's all carnality. The Spirit says that God can do anything. Nothing is too hard for God. Now, we don't need it today because obviously we have enough room here, right? But I believe in time, in the fullness of time, at the set time, at the right time, God will bring it to pass. In verse 18, Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. You gave me a son. It's Ishmael. That he would live before thee. See, I already got it figured out. We already helped you. 
Sarah doesn't need to have a child. We already have one. She's right here. Here's your child. And even though Abraham did not stagger at the promise of God, he misunderstood the promise of God. Obviously. We have to be careful we don't put our own understanding to the promise. But as I said earlier, and we'll find out shortly, it's our opportunity to write the course. Amen. We've all had Ishmael's. <laughs> I've had more Ishmael's than I want to talk about. But there comes a time where these following verses apply. Genesis 21. Now 25 years after God's promise to Abraham. I'm mentioning the years because it takes patience sometimes to see the promises of God. And we grow impatient waiting for the promise. And a powerful quote I heard this week was, where patience is the common denominator, compromise is inevitable. When impatience is the common denominator, compromise is inevitable. We will settle for less than God's best because it's quicker. Genesis 21.1 says, The Lord visited Sarah and he said, as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. You see, it took the Lord doing it. It wasn't just Abraham and Sarah that did it. But it took the Lord visiting her and making the miracle happen. When we follow the will of God and we exercise the will of God, there are things that will happen that can only be happening by the Spirit. I don't mean to be crude, but it didn't matter how many times Abraham and Sarah practiced the birds and the bees. No baby was coming until God visited so you can go through the motions all you want in the flesh, but if God's not in it, it's not going to happen. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the, here it is, set time. At the set time. Not Abraham's time, not Sarah's time. At the set time. God's ordained time. Just like on the day of Pentecost, when was that? When the time was fully come. Right? Not a day before, not a day later. But the promise of God through the Holy Ghost came when the time was fully come. At God's ordained time. We can't forfeit His promises because we don't receive them right away. And I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but sometimes people are seeking the Holy Ghost, but they don't keep seeking it because it doesn't come in one service or two services or three services. Sometimes it takes months, sometimes years. But it's not worth settling for less. We need to keep seeking the promise. The Bible says it's the promise that's unto all of us. And he was speaking of the experience on the day of Pentecost. This is that. This is the promise for everybody. But he didn't say it would come the instant you asked for it. Because sometimes it takes a while for us to get in a position to receive it. It doesn't mean God loves us any less. Keep seeking. 
Verse number eight, the child grew and was weaned. Sources say that this could be anywhere between three and 12 years old. The child was grown to a point to be between three or 12 years old, somewhere in that range. Isaac was weaned. In verse nine, still in Genesis 21, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian. Now the parallels are so many in this story, I can't mention them all, but Hagar is from Egypt. Egypt is a type of sin, the type of the world. So this child came about because Abraham went to the world and said, let's have a baby. We can't build the church on the world, having babies with the world. And this son, Ishmael, that was born, began to mock Isaac. Sarah was angry because she saw that Ishmael was mocking Isaac. Ishmael was okay while Isaac was small, but as Isaac grew in stature and favor, he began to mock Isaac. Don't expect the world not to mock the church. Because the spirits that are motivating the world mock the things of God. Wherefore, verse 10, Sarah said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Sarah was saying, these two can't grow together. We can't have Isaac and Ishmael in the same house anymore. Because Ishmael's going to continue to fight against Isaac. Ishmael's going to try to influence Isaac. And it sounds pretty harsh to kick out a woman and a child. But at this time, he was no longer just a young child. He was at least a teenager. It sounds harsh, but it's important to get rid of Ishmael. We have to get rid of Ishmael. The thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. Abraham didn't have an easy time getting rid of Ishmael because he had attachments. He had memories. When God asks us to give some things up, it's not going to be easy. We're not going to be like, oh, that sounds great. It's going to hurt. There's going to be attachments. There's going to be memories. There's going to be affections to things that our flesh desires. It's going to hurt a little bit sometimes. But the Lord in verse 12 says to Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman and all that Sarah hath said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice or listen to everything she said. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Isaac is the promise, Abraham, not Ishmael. And Abraham, once again, was at a fork in the road. Follow what I want to do or obey the Lord. Verse 13, and also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation because he is thy seed. You see, the Lord even blessed Ishmael to a certain degree because of Abraham. 
Sometimes we do things in life and we ask God to bless them. And sometimes he will, but that doesn't always mean it's his plan. He'll bless us to a certain degree because of faith. But we need to seek him for his perfect will. Ishmael is not who I have your seed designated to Abraham. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, verse 14, and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. She departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. It had to have been hard for Abraham to make that choice, but it was worth it. As with any story in the Bible, there's specific principles today. We're not just we're not just reading a story that sounds like, okay, that's kind of a good story. But how does it apply to my life? Galatians 4.22 gives us some insight to the principle of this story. Galatians 4.22. Probably won't go too much longer, so just have hope. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by a bondmaid. Again, the one by a servant, a slave. The other by a free woman. I believe the wording is intentional. Verse 23, but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. We can do stuff in the flesh all day. We want to do it and God will let it happen because he has ordained cycles and seasons and abilities. But if we follow only after the flesh, we will only get Ishmael in the end. We have to follow God's word and get, follow his will to receive promises from him. So we'll just talk about Isaac and Ishmael. We won't, we're not painting any targets on anybody. As I usually say, if the shoe fits, you might be Cinderella. Well, today, if the shoe fits, you might have a little too much Ishmael. You might need to embrace Isaac and get rid of a little Ishmael. And as I said this week, I've been doing that for the last several days. Getting rid of some Ishmael in me and embracing some Isaac. So we'll use their names so it feels a little better, okay? Isaac represents God's fulfillment and his promises. Isaac represents walking in the spirit. Isaac represents the life that is born out of the seed of faith. Ishmael represents the effort of man to produce the promises of God. Ishmael represents walking in the flesh. Ishmael represents the life that is born out of the seed of what man can produce. So having said that, Isaac was born of a free woman and represents liberty. Ishmael represents that of a bondwoman and represents bondage or slavery. Ishmael doesn't see the need to pray a whole lot. Isaac starts every day with prayer. Isaac understands if he is the head of his home, whether that applies as a husband, a father, or a single mother as a head of the home. 
Isaac would say, it is my responsibility to begin every day covering my family in prayer. Isaac says, I can't let my family go throughout the day uncovered. If your child was cold at night, you would cover them up. If our children are cold spiritually, we need to cover them up. It's not someone else's job to come over to my house and make sure charity and hope are warm at night. It's my job. If I call my pastor, Pastor Steve Hansen said, your job is to cover my family, I would be out of order. You pray for my family, Pastor Hansen, because you're the pastor. You cover my family. And I'll take it easy. Isaac says, it's my job to cover my family. It's my God-given privilege and responsibility. Isaac understands that corporate prayer is important. There's a lot of Ishmaels who say, I don't need to pray with other people in the body of Christ. I can pray all by myself and get the same blessing. That's what Ishmael says. But Isaac understands, although I have to have my own personal walk with God, I have to pray every day by myself. I also know that I get strength from the body. Isaac understands that when I pray by myself, I'm a son or I'm a daughter of Jesus Christ. But when I pray with other members of the church, now I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. In a healthy home, who has more sway, the wife or the children? Who has more sway with the husband, the wife or the children? In a healthy home, it's always the wife. It's always the wife. Therefore, when we pray with the body, we are the bride at that moment. And our prayers have another level of authority. That's why Isaac clears his schedule as much as possible anytime he hears the church is getting together to pray. Isaac says, nothing else is more important than me being with the body of Christ to pray. Ishmael decides other things are more important. Let me ask if we need more or less prayer in these days. We got to quit listening to Ishmael. We got to quit following Ishmael. We got to quit excusing with the excuses of Ishmael. Because the things of this life are going to burn up with a fervent heat. But the things we do for eternity will last forever and ever and ever. I know I'm getting a little bit all over the place today. But we heard from Brother Art Wilson. Who talked about things that are happening at the United Nations through his ministry that God has called him to do. We're getting close. There are ambassadors from all over the world confiding in him the things that are happening in their country and how much we're on the brink of global collapse. 
It's not a day to do less for God. It's not a day to pursue the things of this life harder than we pursue God. Again, I'm not trying to be unkind or unfair. We need to have vacations sometimes. We have commitments at work sometimes, but we have to be careful. It's not the norm. You have to decide for yourself. I can't tell you as your pastor everything you need to be doing. You need to have a desire that as often as a church gets together, I need to do my best to be there. Not to support the pastor, but to do the will of God. It shouldn't matter if I'm here or not. Ishmael doesn't read his Bible very often. Ishmael's watching Netflix too much. Ishmael is scrolling Facebook too much. Ishmael is too busy playing golf. I'll pick on myself. Playing basketball. Whatever hobby. Ishmael's too busy to read the Bible. Ishmael even wonders if the Bible really is the authority on all things. Ishmael doesn't feel like it's very important to submit to the Bible unless it makes sense to him and the social experts of his society. Ishmael says, well, the apostles were just not quite as smart as we are today. They weren't as progressive as they should have been in their understanding. We know better now. That's what Ishmael says. But Isaac says, this is more important than my necessary food. Isaac says, if you take every possession and leave me one, let it be the word of God. And even if they went to the point of taking this Bible from me, I'm hiding so much in my heart that I would have enough to chew on in darkness. Because I have hid his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. This is more important than anything anybody has to say. It has not been altered. It has not been changed. It has not been destroyed. The truth is intact. That's what Isaac says. And Isaac inherits the promises. Ishmael represents the older man. The old man of sin, if you will. And Isaac represents the new man. Remember, one was born of the bondwoman of the flesh. One was born of the free woman of the promise. That sounds a lot like John 3, 5. John 3, 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And they must have been choking on his words because he says, marvel not. Why are you so amazed at what I just said? You must be born again. If you've just been born of your mother, you're just flesh. If you've never been born again, you are just flesh. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
Can God bless you? Yes. Can God draw you? Yes. Can God protect you? Can he hear and answer your prayers? Yes. But will he ultimately bring you into his kingdom until you're born of the spirit? No. We have to be born of the spirit. Or else we're just flesh. We're just Ishmael. We're only Ishmael. And again, Ishmael was blessed to a certain degree, but I don't want the second blessing. I don't want less of a blessing. I want to be part of the promise. Ishmael was blessed and he prospered. And his his descendants are around today. And many of them are still fighting against Isaac. Again, to our conditioned mindset of political correctness, it sounds absolutely wrong to say someone has to leave. But part of the reason our freedom is being threatened in this nation, part of the reason why we have fear in our society is because people have gone unchecked. Ishmael has crept in to America. 9-11 was a wake-up call that we have become too loose in controlling our border. I'm not against immigration. I wouldn't be here without immigration. A 16th of me would be because it's Native American, Native American. But the other part of me wouldn't be here if it wasn't for immigration. And I'm all for people coming to America and enjoying the freedom of America. But you can't have the freedom of America if you don't want to live by America's rules. It makes me sick when somebody burns an American flag. Especially someone raised here. Go out there and burn a flag. Mock Isaac. Mock the freedom that allows you to burn it. The blood that was shed so you can burn it. You mock it. And likewise in the church sometimes we just want to let down Every single thing that would differentiate people or cause someone to change or, or make somebody up to change their life or live a standard because we're afraid we, we need to let everybody in. But when we start letting down too much, then we start letting Ishmael sneak in. And terrorism comes in to destroy the church. That's why we're vigilant. That's why we live different. Not to try to be special or different, but to please God and protect the freedom. Freedom's not free. For our generation, many of us think freedom's free. We woke up and it was ours. But many people had to shed blood for our freedom. Many people had to put up with unimaginable difficulty for our freedom. And they walk around maimed for the rest of their life because they fought for a war that gave us freedom. And we want to mock our military. We want to mock those people because it's, it's a, a rebellion in our spirits. 
And we want to look at the traditions of the church that are good and are holy and say, we don't need that today. We want to mock people who are consecrated and living their lives. And we want to let the, the walls down and say, let everybody come who comes. And I'm okay with that. Everybody's welcome. But if they don't want to get rid of their terrorist spirit, goodbye. Go back to your another nation. That sounds harsh, but are you going to let a terrorist sleep in your house? Oh, let's let everybody in America, everybody in America, everybody in America. The terrorist comes in, and are you going to house them? Think about it. If they want to change, I want them to come. If they want to get saved, please come. We'll pray for you. You can be delivered. But if you want to blow us up, get out of here. Go. This is the land of the free for a reason, and you're ruining the freedom. God's church is open to everyone. And everybody who wants to change, we'll pray with you. We'll be patient with you. We'll love you because all of us are a work in progress. But for people that have no desire to change, and they want to call that which is evil good and that which is good evil... They're Ishmael wanting to live in Isaac's blessing. But they don't want to be like Isaac. They want to make fun of him. That's hard for us to wrap our minds around again because we are politically correct. We don't want anything. We don't want any lines anywhere because that means someone's left out. But it was Moses who drew a line in the sand and said, who's on the Lord's side? Who's on the Lord's side? Sometimes God draws a line in the sand. And if we're going to forfeit the promises of God, we'll just go ahead and, and smooth the line. We'll walk right behind Moses and just rub that line out. Now there's no more line. We can all hang out. We can all be free. We can all be together. We just gave up the blessing. We just forfeited the promise because we got impatient. I'm not better than anybody, just in case anybody's thinking that. I'm not. I'm trying, like everybody else, to submit myself every day to God. There is no sinner that I am better than. I am just as bad or worse than every sinner in the world. But if they're going to come into the kingdom of God, they've got to become born again of the water and the spirit. They don't shake the pastor's hand and now they're in the kingdom. They don't get a diploma and now they're in the kingdom. They don't repeat a prayer after me and get in the kingdom because that's all things I can control. I can control all those things. But only God can pour out the Spirit. That's why sometimes we want to we try to just kind of... just don't, don't pay so much attention to the Holy Ghost and all that speaking in tongues stuff because that might make people kind of weirded out. But the weird thing is when I, and everything should be done decently in order. We're talking about that on gifts of the spirit. There's balance. But, but the thing is, if we're so afraid to let the spirit move because someone else might be offended, we're not rejecting just anything. We're rejecting God. And how are people going to be set free 
if there's no spirit to set them free. We're going to start a recovery ministry in our church, but it's not just going to be a recovery ministry. Where as long as we can just quit that addiction, we're okay. It's not about just stopping one addiction. It's about being born again of the water and the spirit. It's not about just modifying my behavior a little bit so I can feel like I'm saved. If I can check this off and check this off and check this off. It's about walking in the spirit. Well, I'm not talking like I used to talk. I'm not sinning like I used to sin. Are you winning the lost? I'm not doing all that bad stuff I used to do. Are you continuing to grow in grace? Oh, look at me. I'm holy now. I got all the nice clothes on and I got my hair combed just right and and I I got my my modesty and I got everything down. I'm I'm holy now. I can do whatever I want. I can live however I want. My life is my own as long as I be holy and show up to church. Are you following the Spirit? Because the Spirit requires more of us than a dress code and attendance. Sorry for our visitors today. We're just preaching to the church a little bit. But the church was never meant to be the times and locations of church activities. That's the bare minimum. I try to keep the schedule from being very full because I don't want to interrupt everybody's lives. It's supposed to be the minimum. We are supposed to follow him 24-7. Otherwise, we're just Pharisees. I got my behavior in order and I punched the clock. So I can go to heaven. The world may be dying and... That's okay, because they're a bunch of hypocrites and losers. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to heaven. Who cares what happens to them? They might get my white robe a little bit dirty. I better stay away. It's another form of Ishmael. It's another form of Ishmael. But it's dangerous because they think they're saved. We've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. Follow the Spirit. Amen. Let the Spirit change us. Let the Spirit mold us. Let it shape us. If you would like to stand today, we're going to pray in just a moment. We're just going to respond to what we've heard again. I'm, I have not put a bullseye on anyone. I have no one in mind when I'm talking. I'm not trying to, to set people straight. I'm just preaching what God's already dealing with me about. And I've been repenting about. We're going to repent in a minute, but I'm also going to invite you to join me if you want to in 21 days of consecration beginning today. It's not a fast of food. But we'll pray in a minute and just ask the Lord to give you something in your life that it's not sin, but it takes a lot of your time. It distracts you from prayer. It distracts you from reading the Bible. It distracts you from hearing the voice of God. For 21 days, we're just going to eliminate some of those distractions. 
because we need to hear from God. I'm not interested in getting a crowd of people. As I told you, I already, I have faith and I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt this church will have multitudes be saved. I'm not talking a couple here and there. I'm talking multitudes, hundreds, even thousands in the name of Jesus. But it's not going to happen through Ishmael. I've determined in my heart that whenever God shows me there's an Ishmael here, you need to get him out. Whether it's my own life or this church, I'm going to rise up like Abraham and no matter how much it hurts, I'm going to say this house must be protected. This promise must be protected. Isaac is the promise. Isaac is the promise. Ishmael, you're going to have to go. I'm sorry. But Isaac is the promise. I don't want to let anything down that God wants us to have. Again, maturity takes time. I'm not expecting anybody to come to the house of God as a mature saint. That's ridiculous. But if you don't understand some of the things people are doing in their lives to try to be closer to God, for heaven's sake, don't mock it. Please don't mock it. You don't know why they're doing it. You don't know the biblical principle they're following. Don't mock it. Because you might find yourself by the Spirit of God being ushered out. Being ushered out of the promise. Don't mock holiness. Don't mock the things of God. I know some people are Pharisees about it. And I I rebuke it and I don't want anything to do with being a Pharisee. I don't want it at all. I hate that spirit. I despise that spirit. But it doesn't mean that the law was of none effect. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be following righteousness. It just means you got to also have love and mercy and compassion. The heart of God, the mind of God. God, i got to be more like you. I want to be more like you, Jesus. The days are short. You're wrapping things up in eternity, God. We don't know you could come tomorrow. And we want to be right with you. We want to be ready to meet you. We don't want to pervert the gospel. We don't want to change the gospel to to meet the demands of man. Because then it's no longer the gospel. And anybody who preaches a different gospel is going to be cursed by you. I want to preach the purity of the gospel. I want to seek to follow the whole counsel of Almighty God. I want to come into submission to His will. I want to follow His direction. Amen. Just We're just going to repent for a couple minutes right now. If you feel a need to repent of anything you've heard today, God is here and He will honor your repentance. Again, we're not here to make you just feel bad and leave feeling bad. But when we come into the presence of God 
and we lift our hands and we confess our sins. He is faithful and just not only to forgive us of our sins, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is here to cleanse us today. God is here to draw us closer today. God is here to say, get rid of Ishmael because I want to bless you through Isaac. Get rid of Ishmael because I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. God is exalting His truth. He's exalting His truth. He's putting the message of the gospel all over the world today. I could tell you more stories about what's going on, but God is lifting up the gospel. It's still repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Today you can repent of your sins. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That's God's plan. That's God's will. That's His promise. That's the promise of the Father today. That's the promise of the Father today. I want to walk in your promises, God. I want to walk in your promises, oh God. God will renew your mind today if you'll just repent and ask Him. He'll renew your mind. He'll get a lot of that junk out of your mind. You're wondering why you've been struggling with sin. You're wondering why you've been struggling with impure thoughts and desires. It's because you've let Ishmael in your ear too long. You've been following Ishmael too much. You need to follow Isaac. And today God's here to say, follow Isaac. Follow Isaac. I love you. Get rid of Ishmael. I love you. I love you. God is here to change your life today. He's here to change our lives today. He's here to change our lives today. He wants you to be free. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have life everlasting. But you got to get rid of Ishmael. You got to get rid of Ishmael today. Only you can get rid of Ishmael. Only you can kick Ishmael out. Amen. You don't have to understand everything. Just give it to God today. You don't have to understand everything. Just give it to Him.